Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Is Luka Doncic going to be ready for the Dallas Mavericks playoff run? Which top-seeded team is most vulnerable early in the NBA playoffs? Plus, did the Cincinnati Reds' owner's son just threaten Reds fans? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Luka Doncic finished the year as a Dark Horse MVP candidate and was the reason a lot of people thought, hey, why not the Mavericks to come out of the West or at least challenge the Suns in the Western Conference Finals? Now he's dealing with an injury. So what is his prognosis as we head toward round one and a matchup with the Utah Jazz? Joining me now from Locked On Mavericks, it's our friend Nick Angstad. And Nick, where are we right now with Luka Doncic as reports are coming out that game one, eh, probably not. We're still holding our breaths, I guess. <laughs> right? Like it just seems like all of Dallas, every Mavs fan in the world has just been holding their breath since basically since last Sunday. Like when all this start when all this kind of started and happened or last Friday. Uh yeah, last Sunday when they played the Spurs in that game and ever since he's went out of that game and um, we've just been waiting to see, okay, well, it's a calf. Str- okay. We learned it's a calf strain. Okay. We learned that it's not super serious. Okay. That we learned that calf strains are complicated. And then everybody in the world got to be, uh, you know, like proficient at calf strains and knowing exactly what they mean and everything. <laughs> we, uh, we had a doctor on our show to talk about how, you know, a calf strain can be so different. And, you know, people looked at other people's timelines and all that. And they're like, well, the minimum is like three days and the maximum is like three months. <laughs> so like that didn't tell us anything. And now it looks like it's still a minimal one. He's been at practice. He has not participated in practice. And so he has been on the exercise bike. He hasn't been wearing a boot, which is, I think, a positive. He's been on the exercise bike. He's just been hanging out at practice. His his spirit seems good. Like, it seems like he's in a good mood. He's laughing, joking with people. Um, but Jason Kidd has a line that he's been using all year. Anytime somebody asks him about an injury. I'm not a doctor, so... I don't know. (laughs) And that's what we kind of come down to. Like, we're not doctors. He's out for game one, and we're not sure after that. I I wish more people, frankly, on Twitter and in the media would take that tact because (laughs) we are not, in fact, doctors. And and sometimes you don't even play one on TV and you didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night. So sometimes we just need to take a seat and let the experts deal with the thing. So, Nick, they have this matchup with the Utah Jazz, a team that, you know, if if I think if you put a lot of fans of Western Conference playoff teams on True Serum, they would say, eh, we're not really scared of Utah. But without Luka, like how many games do you think Luka could theoretically miss and still say, yeah, I think the Mavs are going to win this series? It's a good question. I, it starts with if the Mavericks can steal one of these two games at home. If they can steal one of these two games at home, then all of a sudden my answer becomes a little bit more obvious. But... You look at you look at it and you say, okay, well they're going to play this Saturday. They're going to play this Saturday at noon, which is which is they're going to play on Saturday because of the play in games and how all that affects the NBA playoff schedule. But it was the worst slot they could have gotten, right? Like the earliest playoff game for them to play with this. <laughs> then they played game two on Monday, so then it's you know it's a pretty quick turnaround. That's at home, and then they fly to Utah and play on Thursday, April twenty first. So if you're starting to look, that's almost two weeks from when he had the injury. So 
then you can start seeing game three game three as a game that he could come back. Could the Mavs win four games in a row when Luca comes back? Sure. Like, right? Like this, if this team hits yeah. threes, they can literally beat anybody. I, I honestly believe that because Luca can create those shots whenever he wants. Uh, but the Mavericks haven't won a game in Utah in a long time. They haven't won a game in Utah this year. They haven't won a game in Utah, I think, since Luca's been in the league and even maybe before that. So that's a definitely a tough task and a tall order. If they can steal one of these first two home games, then that's a, a better shot for the Mavericks. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. Coming up, which top seed in the NBA playoffs will lose first? But first, here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling. Need some lopsided baseball lines for your Friday. The Yankees travel to take on the Orioles and find themselves heavy favorites. Bet Online likes the Yanks on the money line almost two to one at minus 197. The Diamondbacks are in the Big Apple to take on the Mets. Bet Online likes New York on the money line minus 201. But the most lopsided matchup of the night is the Dodgers and the Reds. Bet online likes the Dodgers and have a minus 224 line on the money line. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Green Bay Packers finally have their veteran receiver. They won't be done, but Sammy Watkins is a member of the Green Bay Packers signing a one-year deal worth up to $4 million, according to reports. And while he's not likely to be the number one receiver in the Packers offense coming up in 2022, he does give them a little bit of a cushion as they head into an NFL draft where they will still no doubt be looking for receivers. Plus, if you know anything about Sammy Watkins and some of the out there things that he believes, he's probably going to get along really well with Aaron Rodgers. So the chemistry, they're going to hit it off right from the start. Celebrate. Just keep it PG. It's basically what the NBA said to Patrick Beverly after the T-Wolves beat the Clippers in their first play-in game. By the way, they beat PG in that play-in game. That cannot go unnoticed here. Beverly took to social media to express his elation with beating the team that cut him loose after spending the majority of his career there. Beverly has been fined a total of $55,000 by the league this week. He was hit with a $25,000 fine on Tuesday for Improper conduct toward a game official after he received a tech was ejected with 19.5 seconds remaining in the second quarter of the Timberwolves' 124-120 loss to the Chicago Bulls on Sunday. But he's going to keep playing, and the Timberwolves are going to keep playing. And you know what? That's all that matters to Patrick Beverly. And the A's took it to the Rays. A's got a sterling victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. And as the guys at Locked On Rays said earlier this week, it, it wasn't both guys. It was not Ulysses, it was Kevin. I want to make that clear. It was Kevin who said, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. And the A's found three nuts in a four-game series, taking it two. They, they looked really good against a legitimate contender this season. So the A's are very surprising. And this game specifically on Thursday, Danny Jimenez got his first career save. That's really cool. Kevin Smith finally got off the schneid. He got his first hit of the season. And then you got Cole Irvin going into the seventh inning. And you got Christian Pache with an inside the park three-run homer. What a time to be alive, Ace fans. We're having a great time. 
has another story you need to know. We still have some NBA play-in games to decide the final matchups in the NBA playoffs, but there is still plenty of intrigue. We're waiting to see what is going to happen with Luka Doncic and the calf strain that he has, what is going on with Time Lord in Boston. Ben Simmons said he is targeting a first-round return in Brooklyn. So who is most vulnerable? Joining me now from Locked On Celtics, John Corrales. And that is not necessarily foreshadowing, John. You are welcome to go in whatever direction <laughs> you would like, but it does seem like you are the perfect person to ask this question because... What kind of gotcha show is this? <laughs> Plenty of people are going to be picking, picking the nets in this game. So who is... Sure. Who is most vulnerable as you look at this playoff seating in this first round set of matchups? So I I do think that the two two seeds uh, are probably it's the choice between the two two seeds. Um, Memphis is is vulnerable, very vulnerable because they're young and they 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 still have yet to face this kind of um, this kind of pressure before and the Minnesota Timberwolves are also young and, but they're also a a tough matchup. So there, there's some vulnerability there. I don't think the Phoenix suns are vulnerable at all. I don't (laughs) think the Miami heat are vulnerable at all. I mean, they, they are some, if I had to rank them, I'd probably say Phoenix is the least vulnerable. Miami is next. Probably Memphis. I, I mean, I have to go with Memphis next and make Boston the most vulnerable because, hey, you know, their opponent is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And if that doesn't make you vulnerable, then nothing will. Uh, <laughs> as much as I want, I would want to say, well, it's Memphis. It's got to be Memphis because because of, you know, their youth and experience. They're still facing the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's not exactly um, a buzzsaw of a team. It's going to be a tough matchup. I'm, I'm not sure how that series is going to go, but I think when you're the Celtics and you still don't have Robert Williams, even though I'm more optimistic about his return being sooner rather than later and and maybe earlier in this series. But even so, when you've got Kevin Durant and you've got Kyrie Irving, but more so Durant, I mean, he can, he can just will teams to places that you say that, well, that, that shouldn't have happened. There's no, well, my, my logical reptile brain can tell me that that shouldn't have happened, but it, it did because Kevin Durant, you know, touches God and he's just that good. So um, as, as much as I would like to give you a different answer, the most vulnerable of the top seeds, one, two in each conference is the Boston Celtics. Coming up, Cincinnati Red ownership figured out a way to further frustrate their fan base and they didn't even make a trade. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is truly something unique in the health food space. It doesn't taste like a health food. And that's something that every health food company claims. And trust me, I've tried. I have walked up and down the aisles at the the health food grocery stores and tried everything. This is a product that delivers like nothing else I have ever tried. Truly, I, I I cannot tell you enough how impressed I have been with not just the first time I tasted it, but now we're going on two years of me eating them and buying them for myself in my own home and believing in this product. They're high in fiber, high in protein, like you would want. They're low in calorie, low in net carb, like you would want, but they taste delicious. Also, like you would want. 
They come in all kinds of great flavors. They've got puff brands and they're always coming out with new and different flavors and variations that you should check out because they go fast when they show up. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. Who's hot today? Who's seeing red? We go to our host from Locked On Reds and their reaction to some comments made by those in charge of their team after some comments made by Phil Castellini, the son of Bob Castellini, Red's principal owner, in which he asked, where are you going to go? And later told fans to calm down. Phil Castellini sat down behind a microphone and exactly told us the truth. He told every single Reds fan all over this great country exactly what he thought of us. He told us that he didn't need us. Phil Castellini let us know that he does not value the opinions of the fans of the Cincinnati Reds. He does not value the time and energy and effort that the Reds fans have put into this team for year after year after year after year. All this Phil Castellini cares about is the money and the money no longer comes from the fans. The money comes from the TV deals and the broadcast rights and Major League Baseball, the corporation. And as long as that is true, the fans have no voice and the fans have no power. Phil Castellini made that very clear. We've often wondered what it is we can do as Reds fans to fight back, push back. That was the day that we learned that there's nothing that we can do to stop what the Castellini family is going to do with this team. And if they don't like what we have to say, if they don't like the message we're putting forward, they'll threaten to take the team away. The fact that he decided to make this on opening day is very troubling. And it was very interesting as to how Mo said this unfolded. It's not as if Mo had scheduled him to be on the show. It was Mo Egger and Scott Sloan from 9 a.m. to noon on 700 WLW. It's not as if he was even a scheduled guest. Mo said that Phil Castellini showed up to the Holy Grail. They invited him on stage and he came up to talk. And then he asked him a simple question. It was a question with regards to, you know, how do you respond to uh, fan, you know, directly asked him saying, you know, fans should have a little faith in us and why fans should continue to trust the current leadership of this organization. And instead of like making some sort of, you know, nice answer, hey, it's opening day. You know what? We had a nice series in Atlanta. It looks like we got some dudes who are going to grow with us. And here in a year or two, we're going to be a pretty solid playoff contending team. He came at everybody by saying, where are you going to go? And when I when I heard that. I, I was dumbfounded. I had no idea how to respond to that. And you saw Brandon Seho come back and, and give him a chance to kind of walk back those comments. And then Phil Castellini doubled down. If you tried to give Phil the benefit of the doubt and think that the, the Mo Egger interview just got away from him, that he didn't realize how he was going to come off. All of that gets thrown out the window when you take his comments that he made to Brandon Seho. It's listen, I'm going to read them. The answer is, are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following the team? We haven't abandoned it. We haven't abandoned investing in the team, in this community. The point is, uh, how about everybody just settle down? Just settle down. You know what, Phil? You settle down. Here's the thing. I wish this was right. I wish these kinds of motivations affected pro sports owners. I wish they cared 
that fans wouldn't show up in a meaningful way. The problem is revenue sharing hurts the incentives for these owners to be profitable, to put good products on the field, to pay for talent to get butts in seats. The reality is media partners are still going to pay serious money for those rights. And there are still going to be suites full of companies who are paying and the monies are still going to pour in. Just ask people in New York, particularly upstate New York, who are going to fund a stadium for billionaires so that the Buffalo Bills stay in Buffalo. This is always the threat. It's not just where are you going to go? It's where are we going to go? It's if you don't like it, not you can go somewhere else. We're going to go somewhere else. Unfortunately, these kinds of threats just don't have the kind of impact fans wish they did. And fans, unfortunately, do not have the kind of leverage they hope and sometimes believe erroneously that they have in these kinds of situations. The reality is money talks and the money is with ownership. And finally, speaking of the money and it talking, the $518,000 sale of the game ball used in the now unretired Tom Brady's final, final in heavy scare quotes, touchdown pass has been voided by mutual agreement between buyer, co-signer, and auction house, according to Leland's auction. No word on if Bill Belichick was involved in that exchange. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen for your second listen. Download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up on Monday, we will be knee deep, nay, waist deep in the NBA playoffs. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Today.